A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to a Super Bloom podcast. I'm Candace King. Holy jingle bells, guys. It is the holidays. How do we get here? How do we get here so fast? Just, it's cold. It's, uh, it's busy. There's a lot of caffeine in my system. There's a crispness to the air. And there's a whole plethora of holiday movies just playing nonstop on my television. It's very hard to get out of sweatpants. It is nice and cozy. And I hope you're staying cozy. I hope you are cozy. I hope your heart is cozy. And I'm very grateful to be in your earbuds today. I'm very grateful because I I really, I had a very cozy conversation all about specifically this time of year. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about love today. L-O-V-E, some love, some relationships with none other than Rory Uphold. If you don't know Rory, she has a fantastic podcast. It is a love and dating podcast called Crimes of the Heart. Listeners send in their experiences in their relationships. These are unique stories. It is it is a wild podcast. If you not if you've not listened to Crimes of the Heart podcast, <laughs> highly recommend it because also during this time we're all in transit. We're usually traveling somewhere to go see family or friends. We are in planes, trains, and automobiles. Crimes of the Heart could not be a better podcast to listen to after you listen to our interview, of course. So let's just get right to it. I, I think like there's so many things that we talk about that I just really want to jump right in. But if you want to follow Rory, you can check her out on social media at I Could Be Blonder. She's a fantastic writer, podcast host, creator. Guys, without further ado, here is my conversation with host of Crimes of the Heart podcast, Rory Uphold. Oh, you're born and raised in L.A. Mm-hmm. Oh my, which is funny. It's like I know so many people that have been born and raised in L.A. and yet I still have the same reaction because it seems like nobody is born and raised in L.A. But there's actually a lot of you. Yeah, I think like 30 million, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we're we're unicorns for sure. Like, no, I get it because people always say that. And I feel that even when I meet somebody and they're like, oh, I'm from L.A. I'm like, yes, hell yeah. Do you feel like being in L.A. specifically gives you a lot of topics to basically take on for your podcast? 
Like, I feel like dating in L.A. is a very specific thing. Like, I have so many friends that are single in L.A. that are constantly being like, I think I might need to move to a different city to, like, meet someone. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's so many people that live in that city. Yeah, but it's real bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Real bottom of the barrel. You're like, it's dating in L.A. is different. I'm like, yeah, have you ever been to hell? (laughs) Because I think it's a lot like that. (laughs) Uh, You know, I think because L.A. is such a polarizing place, it does bring out the best and the worst of people. But I think when we're talking about dating, there's a lot of arrested development. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of options. The prettiest girl from every small town and Big Town has like moved to Los Angeles to pursue whatever dream they're doing. So you walk around LA and it's like opening magazines. You know what I mean? And then you pair that with what's happened with dating. And we've sort of like gotten to a place where dating is like food delivery. We are swiping through humans. We've like really uh, dehumanized the process of dating. It's I I think it, it makes it really hard. Yeah, I so a little bit. I don't know how much you know about me. So I I was separated. Basically, we've been separated and divorced for a couple of years now. And so I and I had been in a relationship since I was 25. So I had not been single in this like new like world ways of dating with apps and swiping. And that was all like a completely foreign concept to me. And How's so I, well, I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm, I've found myself to be off the apps and with a human person as a friend of mine that I'm only spending time with them. It feels very weird at my age to like say a boyfriend or something like that. But it, even though that's what it is, I know, I don't know. My grandmother it, was 86 when she got her boyfriend. I love that. I love that yeah. for her. I know that that seems sweeter for some reason. Just like I still I don't know. I still get I still get kind of just bashful and shy and blushy, which are all the good things that I want to be. But before this, I did like all my girlfriends that were married were just like, you, you're you get to get on the apps. You're going to like discover what this whole world is about that. Like everyone else talks about, like you're going to like suddenly see what it is. And it was the most bizarre experience. First of all, I was terrible at it. I day one on an app, I somehow messed it up where I'd accidentally like I I got my profile, you know, with me and my little flower dresses, which I also heard was like not a thing because I didn't have any bikini photos, but just like was wearing all my little prairie dresses. I was very nervous. It felt all just like very embarrassing. But I like I filled out like what I felt like someone might need to know about me, just the basics, you know, like Mm -hmm. I am a female, like seeking a male and I live in the state of Tennessee at the moment. And, but I guess I hit the wrong button because I kept seeing like guys pop up and it was like my first time swiping. And I also hadn't been out there to see like what single guys are like now and what they look like. And I kept seeing like there'd be like another guy pop up and I was like, oh, he's, he's like cute. But I'm like, wow, those are really short shorts. And then like I'd be like, huh, well, interesting. And then I'd like swipe again and I'm like, God, I guess like single like dudes are just wearing really short cut off denim shorts these days and like very supportive of the LGBTQ community. I love this. I love this shift until I realized that I had an entire day of basically on my profile, it was a male seeking man. Like it was, yep. Mm -hmm. Iconic. I love, I love the idea that for a day there were also all of these gay men seeing your profile and they were like, wow, that's a man. Damn. She looks great. Or he looks great. You know, like there's a weird area there too, where you probably really ticked off a few boxes for someone. I didn't get any swipes that day. I got no matches, but I did. I did. I was very, I was like, wow, I just was so, I I was just like, I guess this is the new fashion trend for for single guys these days. It's just really, you know, very tight, short, cut off denim shorts. I'm obsessed with you being so polite. You're like, these guys all look gay. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) I was like, I don't know. But it was completely, it was just a complete, exactly what you're saying. It's like the way that we have approached dating now is just completely different than I ever did when I was young. You would go out, you would meet people. I mean, I remember, you know, I I was in the middle of moving and and so I had to basically in the interim had to stay at a hotel and I became Eloise for a minute. I just was like there for like 
uh, like two weeks. And I was like, oh, this is good. Like, I'll go out and I'll meet people and I'll feel fancy. And I'll just bring like a book to a bar as if like that's like... It's it had been a while, guys. It had been a while, and so Actually, but it's would, not a bad idea. Bringing a book to a bar is yeah. like a great idea. I think well, you just have to you. bring it to the right bar and at the right time. Yeah, I realized that maybe this was not the bar, but sure. I just but everyone was on their phones looking at who they should be trying to find in the world. Yep. Have you been on the apps for what? What is your experience with the apps? When did you first get on the apps? Because I know you talk about the apps too a lot on your podcast. Yeah, I was a late holdout on apps because it just felt creepy and weird to me. And then I got really into them and I loved them. I was very good at it. And by good at it, I mean like I understood how to like optimize a profile. I felt like I was really good at the banter part of it, but I'm also a professional writer. So that is my sweet spot, right? I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, ace this. And then I would go out and I would have fun. And I think the part of me that's really curious, like loved that side of dating because I was always getting to have a different adventure, a different story, meet a different person, like LARP in in their life for a little bit, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, until it got boring. Until it got boring. And then also I just think over time, the apps are doing what they're supposed to do. So it's really, really fucked up dating because these apps were not created to match people. They were created to change behavior. What do and you that's, mean? that's not my opinion. That, that, that comes directly from the mouths of the people mm-hmm. who made these apps. The whole goal for these apps was to change human behavior to get you addicted to the apps. Their whole Mm. goal is to keep you on the app as as long as possible. And all dating apps minus one are owned by the same company and they all use the same algorithm. So it does not matter if you're on Match or if you're on Tinder, it's the same algorithm, which uses intermittent reinforcement, which is the same thing as slot machines. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because what are dating apps if not slot machines? You're kind of swiping, 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 hoping that, you know, you you pull the lever, you pull the lever, you pull the lever. Oh my God, I won. So then you'll go through another long stretch of not finding someone. You'll you'll continue to pull that lever, play that game because you know at any moment you could hit it big. Yeah. But the goal of the app is never to help you find love. So we're... <laughs> We're all playing in a game that's been rigged. And I think if and and I think over time, like it has really affected the way that people perceive dating and perceive others. I also Pew, the research center, in in 2022 did a study on couples who are either long-term partners or live together or they're married. And nine out of ten of those couples did not meet on dating apps. You know, there was a study that came out recently. This is 62% of people on Tinder are married. So what are we really doing here? Wait, 62% of the people who are participating on Tinder as single people are married? Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm not into them anymore. I'm off them. I mean, I got off of them for personal reasons. I went through like a crazy crazy string. I broke up with somebody in the pandemic. I took time to to sort of heal. I got back on the apps and my track record went as follows. Dated a guy, the best first date of my life. And then the longer we dated, the less sex he could have because he had such a crazy intimacy issue that the closer we got, the less his dick worked. Interesting. So, yeah. So we broke up there, dated another guy who lied about his age. Never would have swiped on him had I known his real age, which how is not much, to age shame. It's just to say that like, like by five or six years. But also that's it. Like, w- did he admit to it like right off the bat and was like, hey, I put my no. age younger. He's never admitted to it. I just, he ended up cheating on me with my hairdresser and I neither one of us knew. And so I go to this new... <laughs> also, welcome to me. Oh this my- is why I have a podcast. <laughs> okay, so... I'm I, in, I'm in. I date this guy. <laughs> I meet this guy on an app and I think, oh, he is great, right? Uh-huh. He is a divorced father 
He was at the top of my like age range. All of these things are fine. He seemed good on paper. He seemed good in real life. We started dating. It was great. He ghosts me out of nowhere. Okay. Which is a, a wild thing for a grown man to do. He goes to Costa Rica with his son and, and ghosts me. And it fucked me up. It really just pulled on kind of all of my insecurities and made me feel like anxiously attached, which is not something that I normally experience. We end up getting back together. But in the interim, I date a guy who breaks up with me because his therapist said we needed to break up. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I date a guy whose ex ended up in the ER because she found out we were dating. Wait, his ex ended up, oh, she put herself in the ER. Mm-hmm. Copy that. So uh, these are all men who were like, I'm available. None of this, I want a relationship. situations are funny, but to go back to back no, to back wild. on that, you're like, huh, 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 huh. It what was, is this it, algorithm? Can we switch up this algorithm to a different one? <laughs> is there truly, like a- I was like, the crazy train is crazy. But what's wild about it is they were all different. I mean, one is a, a CFO of a, of a major company. One is a really successful showrunner. One is a, a CEO of a another company. Like these are men that have responsibilities, have lives, who have lived. These are seasoned humans in the world that are not correct. like 22 year old boys plucked from a farm out of Ohio. They're also all men who said that they wanted to pursue something right? Mm -hmm. And seemed like it. You know, it's like you need to don't listen to what people say. Watch what people do. There's like a there's like a saying in AA, not that I am a member, but I do love their phrase, which is like, watch their feet. Because people will tell you anything. Yeah. But what do they do? Yes. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. I um, think that that is something that I'm paying attention to as much as possible in adulthood in any sort of relationship, be yes. it familial, like friendship, Friend. business, yeah. and romantic. You know, it's not from AA, but but there's an important, but it's from the Taylor, the Church of Taylor Swift. Oh, but she, lo- <laughs> of which I am a member. <laughs> and if anyone is per- participating in the uh, re-release of 1989 in the song Stay, there is a fantastic lyric that says, this is what you wanted. Like mm. it, like just a reminder of like this is what you wanted, like and you're gonna leave now. Just a reminder, I'm asking you to stay, and this is what you wanted. You pursued this, you pursued me, and I'm just and it's like such a. I just love that so much, and it just made me think of it when you were kind of sharing that because it is. It's like especially if you're gonna be on an app, and that's the other thing where I didn't get a lot of traction on the apps. I also that's- didn't crazy (laughs) it didn't the one time I think I messaged like actually messaged with someone I like they messaged something very nice I was just like I messaged something back and then I'm and then immediately after that I was like I don't think I can I don't think I'm ready for this like I'm not ready just to like I don't need a pen pal like if you don't if you're not here in the city then what are we doing but we're just gonna like speak on the phone or something I was for a minute. Yeah, I was yeah. for a minute. Yeah, that's that's, that's why. Well, I know. You said I know. And then they're not even in the city. I'm like, oh, it's Soraya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I Got didn't it. understand. I didn't know the rules of the apps. I just was like taking it one thing at a time. And then also in that, yeah, I just, I, I'm not someone who was leading with like photos of me. I, I wanted to look like a professional human woman. You know, I am a lady in the streets. And I keep my freaking for the sheets, you know, yeah. I keep it very separate, not for photos on the social medias. And I don't think you need to have bikini pics. I mean, I that is also going to get a lot of traction, but it's going to be very specific. It is, but it is funny. I feel like, like have you heard that? Like, what is your take on I, I'm sure people, especially as a writer and I, I'm in that you've mentioned, like you've probably helped a lot of friends maybe create their profiles or write certain things. Have you helped friends navigate it? Yeah, yeah. Bit? I used yeah. to ghost write people's profiles. Yeah, that's and I, I used to set them up on dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really good at it or I was really good at it. Now I'm just like, don't do it. Just, you were like I, the modern female hitch. Like, as if you ever been told that? That's amazing. And not no. I mean, I I 
I also like don't ever talk about this or advertise this, but I have like coached men before. But yeah, I I think like, you know, if, if somebody is listening and they're on apps and they're like, I don't really know what to do. It's like, well, you should lead with a, a, a three quarter length kind of like headshot photo. There's like certain tricks. And it's also like you have to think about the profile as a whole. You want to convey a vibe. But the most important thing is you want to give somebody the ability to ask you questions. Like you want to have everything on your profile elicit a conversation because you're trying to make it as easy as possible for somebody to approach you. Yeah. So if, you know, like I would do two truths and a lie, right? And I think mine would be, there would be outlandish ones. It's like I wrote a song with E40. I saved a man's life and I was on Playboy fully clothed. And then people would be like, I think this one's the lie or whatever. And then it's like, oh, they're all truths. But then somebody goes, holy shit, like, what? T- tell me about saving a man's life or tell me about this or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that's a fun conversation starter. I also always have one photo that's a trap. It would be overtly <laughs> sexual. So I knew if a guy clicked on that, I just weed him out. Interesting. If you're falling for that on an app, no. Uh, my yeah. Guy. And that's what you're, yeah. Exactly. That's what you're looking so for. There's I like mean, certain things like that that I would do. Yeah. But it, it is a numbers game. Yeah. And it's really a numbers game now because people are so fatigued by apps. Mm-hmm. Because again, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're keeping you on the app and not like with other people and not matching with other people. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you feel like there are, especially someone who's maybe kind of helped someone get off, get get over that first hump of like, you know, meeting someone, putting putting themselves out there on a profile or like engaging in like the initial banter. Do you believe that there are people who are really great at relationships, but are just really bad? Like there, there's a lot of people who talk about how they'll have a great first date or second date, and then it just never kind of gets past that. Whereas there, do you believe that there's a lot of people out there who may not be great at the first date or the second date, but they're the long burn kind and you just need to get them that are great at relationships. Yes, of course. Yes. I mean, I've dated those guys for sure. And I feel bad for those people because the situation that is now the norm, quote unquote, is not set up for them to do well. It's setting them up for failure because I do think we're in a time now where everybody's like curated. And if you're not really great at curation, Mm -hmm. you're going to be overlooked or you're going to be 
judged before you really get a chance to shine. But again, I think that it's about consistency and it's about showing up. Like at the end of the day, if I go out with someone and they make me feel good and then they continue to show up and continue to make me feel good, I'm probably going to stick with that person. I think the hard part is confidence, right? Like a lot of us are lacking in confidence. We live in a world that's making a lot of us feel really insecure. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense. And I say that not just for women. I also say that for men. I think there are a lot of men that feel really scared and uncomfortable walking up to a woman in a bar now. Yeah. And that is awful. Anyone who's feeling that is at least having the perspective of like, I want to make sure that this woman feels safe. And it's usually the people, the problematic ones are the ones that like, what do you mean? Like, I should be able to be fine walking out like, you know, who's yes. not considering the other person's like right. yeah. emotions. So. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a clusterfuck. Like, you know, I, that's just why, like, I personally think we should all start to practice just talking to everyone way more. Yeah whether you're like in line to get your dry cleaning or at Starbucks or whatever, just start talking to people and not just like men, but everyone. Because also like, what if I was standing next to you in the grocery store and we started talking and you were like, oh, I'm newly single. I might, I might be like, okay, there's nobody in my world that I want to date. But there might be somebody that I would be like, oh, you should meet my friend Bill or whoever. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah, or you yeah. might get invited to something and then meet someone, which is, I think, the way to, we need to go back to how it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Social gatherings that aren't also just the people that you know and like people actually hanging out, people going to restaurants or bars and saying, hello, it's nice to meet you. What is your mm -hmm. name? And just like putting the dang phone down and just actually right. talking to other people. I think the other thing is like, uh, like, I am so interested to see on how the psychology of these apps have like manipulated us to think like, and and not me by any means, like I was ready to die alone. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I got it. I, 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 I can hang out with myself just fine. I got so many years of real housewives to keep me entertained and, and keep me company. <laughs> but that like this idea of for, for some, like, well, what else is out there? Like, am I going to miss? What am I going to miss? Like, is there like another... Am I missing out on something else that's out there? Almost like this. The tyranny of choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you go to watch something on Netflix and then you just spend the whole time watching trailers. Yeah. Yes. And you never commit to actually watching a full movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what dating is now. But that's why if like if your perception is that there's endless options and that at any moment somebody better could walk through the door, which is, again, very L.A., Mm -hmm. if we're yeah. having a conversation and that person is kind of like scanning the room to see if there's somebody that's more important or, you know, whatever in the background, then you're not in the present engaged with the person you're talking to. And I feel like that's an icky thing that people don't love about LA, but that's becoming more and more no normal in terms of dating. Yeah. Yes, it is. I, I spent, I was only on the app for like, maybe six months. I wasn't on it very long. And you ended up meeting the person, your no, I did friend, not. Mm -mm. in real I life. I did not. I met, yes, I met them in real yeah. life. Yeah, I got off the app because I realized, I was like, what am I doing? I also realized that like I wasn't, I needed to be in a relationship with myself for a little bit and see what that looked like. Obsessed with that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I was like, what am I, why am I, everything's facing outwards and I need to kind of like, like go inward a little bit and, and just enjoy that. And I also realized like there was a part of me that didn't that didn't want to have to like check in with someone else for a while. Like mm -hmm. I already have that as a as a mother and as a parent and a co-parent. Like I have that. That that never goes away. So it's not like I'm just like free running around. But like there was a where I wanted to kind of reclaim the time that I did have and kind of sit in that stillness and sit in that like word alone and kind of have coffee with that word and like have a drink with that word and be like let's make well, let's become friends let's get to know each other yeah. because I don't want you to be this like bad lurking thing over my head like we have to get to know each other a little bit I think that's super powerful yeah I mean there's such a stigma around being single and I think there's such a stigma around being single as a woman mm -hmm. you know in your 30s 40s 50s 60s whatever and it doesn't seem to really be the same in reverse 
And that has just always struck me as very unfair. And there's so many people that are single by choice. There's a lot of people who don't want to be single, but like you talking about falling in love with yourself and being comfortable with yourself is something that I think we really overlook. It's not romanticized enough. Like I would love to see that get more romanticized in Mm -hmm. movies and films that talk about love because I do feel like we're missing that part. That's normally just the montage sequence. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We need to break down the montage a little bit. That's when all the important shit happens. It is. It really is. I think that like we all tend to look at breakups or like the dissolution of a of a marriage or a relationship as a bad thing or a sad thing. Number one. I mean, Dan Savage has like spoken about this at length, but I don't understand how or why we got to this place where relationships are the only thing where if you don't take it to forever, it's a failure. Yeah. You know, where if you mess up once, that's considered like wrong, bad, it was a failure or like, oh shit, they got divorced. <gasps> Instead of being like, damn, they had a great run. They have mm-hmm. kids. They 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 shared this beautiful thing and now it no longer works. And they both made the tough choice to walk away and continue to co-parent or you know, like sometimes it is shitty. Like I've been cheated on in the most insane ways and that sucks. But also ah, breakups are, should be treated like something special. We always talk about like new beginnings and new beginnings Mm -hmm. get romanticized, but I don't know why we don't see breakups as new beginnings, right? Like they're an opportunity to take you, to catapult you into like this next iteration, you get to start over and be whoever you want. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so much power in like, you took that alone time and I don't know how you metabolize that or what it, it propelled you into, but that's a, a really important time for every person to like reevaluate their life and be like, what is working? What isn't working? And where do I want to go? Yeah. Yeah, no, I it's it's funny. I I think it's also hitting a point where when you're when you've been alive long when you've had the gift of being alive long enough and in relationships long enough with others, different people or even the same person and you start to see your own personal patterns. Mm. And so I think it was the first time where even though I was like single or or dating that I started to see like my personal patterns and how easily I could fall into them. And that I wanted to like have this be like the different, I wanted to like set the dominoes in a different direction. I was like, nope, I I cannot keep going down the same path. And it was really, I I was going on a trip and it was just as simple as like, I did not want to have to check in. Like I knew my children were good. Like I could, you know, I would check in with my co-parent for my children, obviously. But I didn't want to feel obligated to like, check in or keep someone updated with like what I was doing on this trip. I just, I was going alone for a week and I wanted to just like be there and be present and be with myself and not feel like I had to like, oh, got to pick up the phone and tell someone how my day was. Like I just Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of sit in that and not have to like report back like a romanticized version of the day. And instead I got to just like be in it. And by the way, and it does not mean that this was all like a freaking Hallmark movie. Like there are times that are still that feel uncomfortable and very quiet and like where I get very stir crazy. And, and, but there's so much like, it's these like really as much as I resent them, I know that they're important growing pains that like I felt like I genuinely needed. And a lot of crying, like a lot of just guttural crying at random times Mm. that was just like expressing things that had kind of been, I think, like in there for a while that I didn't know, didn't have that kind of place to to kind of let it out or that time to really let it out. Because also as we get older, that kind of goes away too. Yeah. Do you think that you did course correct? Do you feel like you put the dominoes in a new direction? I did. I think that there's just also, unfortunately, like you can grow and grow and grow and read and read and read and do and have as many therapies and talks and like, and and, and 
changed certain behavioral patterns, but also there's things that are just part of my personality that I have to accept and that I can have a conversation with myself in those moments when they come up, but they're probably going to come up, you know, unsupervised. <laughs> without, you know, there's only so much you can do to like completely course correct. I think in your like mid late thirties, but that was yeah, a big one. I hope everybody listening that <laughs> is, yeah. dating, is dating listens to that because yeah. it's like it's you want it to change. Yeah, you wanted to change, and you were alone, and you were dedicated to it, and you were putting in the work, and you were like, and I still only got this far, and that's not that's not like a shade. That's mm, incredible. Yeah. yeah, because change is possible, and all those things. But I think we forget that when we meet people, and we're like, I can change them, and maybe it's not even that thought. It's just like, oh. I'm so into this person or I see the potential of what they could be. And we fall in love with that mm-hmm. instead of like who they are. Who they are right then. Today. And that's, yes. <laughs> and that's what we need. That's what you have to pay attention to that. And then be pleasantly surprised by anything else. But you have to take someone when someone is saying this is who I am. You have to hear that. And I think that that's it's I don't know. Why do you think like out of all the conversations you've had on your podcast, like why? And and also like the studying that you've done and as a writer and like studying not only characters, but like people themselves. Mm-hmm. Why do you think we fall in love with the idea of someone as opposed to who they're telling us that they are? Have you thought it's about that? Such a great question. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's because it's what we want. Right. Like they fit into the plan of also who we think we are and where we think we're going. And so generally when we fall in love with who somebody could be, it's because we're falling in love with that version of ourselves with them. Yeah. Right. Like the idea of getting love bombed, like when you get love bombed, you're the, I, the great irony of that is that those people instinctually are mirroring you what you are falling in love with is you in that moment. They, they're a mirror presenting you with like the best things about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true with like future tripping, which is like sort of what you're talking about, like idealizing like what the future could be with that person. And there's no way to separate that with, from who you are in relation to them. So it's like, we love that life that we're going to have with them. Mm-hmm. We love who we could be with them. And I always think like, that's amazing. What a, what a gift. Look at that. And now how do you get from where you are today to that idealized version without that person? Yeah. Because that's the work. For you. Yeah. Yeah. For you personally. Not for you to put on them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Because. But that's where a, we can easily yes. redirect it. Yeah. I think most of us, do, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of that. Like that was a huge one of, you talk about patterns. Like that was definitely one of my patterns. And I think what was so hard for me is that, you know, I would idealize or I could see the potential of a person, but then I, I really give a lot in my relationships. So I, I give too much. and a lot of my relationships came at the expense of me, Mm -hmm. my goals, my desires, my wants. And so when they would end, even if I felt like it was a relationship that was successful, right? Like I'm still friends with them. It was a beautiful run. Our relationship was great. Taught me a lot of things. I, I would feel like depleted. I would look back and I would wish, man, I wish that I had been as dedicated to myself as I was to them in that relationship. And so that's how I'm doing things differently. But it, it took, it took really just smacking rock bottom for me to finally wake up and go like, no, you have to be the priority in your own life. You have to put the, the mask on first before you help others or before you love others. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In your experience, and especially interviewing so many different people and experts, do you feel like that is a, gen- like not to throw a gender on it, as, you know, especially yeah, it's in, definitely but it's definitely female. a majority female. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There are outliers, of course, but it is, But if you think about it, we've been conditioned Mm -hmm. since the time we were born, whether it's from our our actual family unit or all of the media that we've consumed. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. The other thing that I've seen, like uh, (laughs) the one thing that everyone has in common, not the, the experts that I speak to, but everybody that I talk to about their own personal like dating horror stories there were always red flags. At the very beginning. There were always signs. Yeah. Yes. Some didn't see them, but but now are like, oh, that was it. Th- those are the signs. But a lot of people do see them. A lot of people see them and they make the choice to silence them. They make the choice to think it's not going to be a big deal. They think that they can live with it. They think that they can change it. Mm-hmm. But there are always signs. Very, I have yet to... I've yet to interview someone where they tell me a story and there isn't a moment where it's like, this was the, this was the universe whispering, screaming, yelling, slapping you in the face, you know? Yep. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah. What do you think is the most common red flag that gets ignored? Mm, It really, I mean, I, there isn't one like thing but I think the behavior behind it is, I mean, people show you who they are, right? Mm-hmm. I think I see, I hear a lot of infidelity stories. There's always something that doesn't align with what, like, again, the difference between what people say and what people do. So I think that's the biggest discrepancy. Yeah. Oh, I'm not on social media. And then a month later, they'll see that there's like an app on their phone. Or I'm all in on you. But then behavior will like they 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 can't keep up the lie you know like they'll be consistently late for dinner yeah right or they'll forget to do something they'll forget a birthday they'll forget anniversaries or they are not they say that they're like paying attention or they're present but then they're on their phone or there's like you know there's there's things where it's like what they're saying doesn't line up with what they're doing mm-hmm. i don't know i've i've heard some <laughs> some outlandish stories like dudes having sex dungeons in their basements. I'm assuming that someone did not realize that there was a sex dungeon. It's, this was like a surprise sex that dungeon. Was a, that was a surprise. Yeah. That was a surprise. <laughs> Do they have a partner living in the house? Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. My. yes. Yes. He was just like, uh, this is just my uh, man cave for like, you know, boring man stuff, dude stuff. And, and then yeah, it was actually yeah, like a it secret was, sex dungeon. That is correct. I haven't aired that episode yet, but yeah, that's a story that I got recently. I'm trying to think of, I mean, this one is, is, is wild. I aired it a, about a month ago. A girl was dating a guy for a year. He ghosted her after a year. He just stopped talking to her? Ghosted. And she had met everyone in his family except for his brother. I mean, they'd gone on vacations together. She was about to meet his children because he had children. And he just straight up ghosted her. And 
he fucked around and found out because she decided to get on Instagram and matched with his brother, like messaged his brother. She starts dating the brother. What? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he invites her to a family barbecue and she shows up at the barbecue and it's that man's engagement party. The guy who ghosted her is getting engaged. What? And this girl did the brother know any of this too? No, no, he had no idea. He had no idea. And she wrote it out so long. She went to the wedding and sat at the same table with the groom and the bride. I was like, Ashley, you are one of one. You are an inspiration, an icon. And if I ever need help, I am calling (laughs) you because you are the kind of unhinged that. Yes. We do want you on my team, not against me, but I will stand by you. (laughs) Yes. But please, I will never do anything to upset you because you scare me. (laughs) Yes. So I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of, a lot of crazy stories. Yeah. I I was just talking about this. This was like two birthdays ago. It was my first birthday being single. And I it, it wasn't like out on the town by any means. I literally just invited a bunch of friends over. To, I was like, can I just want like, can everyone just come and sit in my backyard? I didn't have my kids with me. And, and so it literally just had like a very fun wine. And I put together like an obscene amount of charcuterie and just like was surrounded by like so many people who have known at various points in my life. And it was just like such a lovely evening. But we were all talking about like relationships and marriage and divorce and dating and all the things. And everyone came from like different experiences, whether they were married, single, you know, divorced before. And but everyone was going around sharing like instance in a relationship where like you didn't recognize yourself, not in like a, where basically you did something, maybe not to Ashley's extent of like playing a long game of like dating the brother and then like, like in revenge, getting back like to the Mm -hmm, wedding mm -hmm. and just sitting there and staring that person down. But just like sharing things about like that time in a relationship that you did something where you were like, wow, I was on one. I, uh, the crazy one. And I did not like the same part of my brain did not did not win that fight and crazy took over. And it is it's a very interesting like I know you get these submissions for your podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting thing to do with like people that it's a very interesting conversation starter. So I can't even imagine with the anonymity element like for others that like sending their stories into you what you must read. You know, what's interesting is I think there's a lot of shame around it. As you were talking, I was like thinking back to like the times in my life where I didn't recognize myself. And I was like, oh, there are some long stretches. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that like for me, it goes back to like my desire for wanting to be loved mm-hmm. was greater than anything else. Like yeah. my desire for wanting love from somebody else was greater than the love I had for myself. And I think when that gets out of balance, it's really easy to put other people first. It's really easy to justify what I would call like unhinged or behavior that's just like not in alignment with yourself. You know, whether it's like I have talked about this before, I got cheated on. And then the guy I dated after, I have all of these like letters that I constantly write to myself where I openly was like, I feel bad for this guy. I feel bad for this guy because this guy is now dealing with the repercussions of somebody else's mess. Yeah. And at one point, I, one of the things that I was like hyper vigilant on was social media. So I would like look at anybody that he followed or that would follow him. And if they were women, that would set off alarm bells. Because again, I was coming from this perspective of like men always cheat or I always get cheated on. You know, that was like a narrative that I had running through my brain because it had just happened to me and it wasn't the first time. And I remember having a conversation with him. I just straight up asked him. I was like, hey, I've noticed you've been following a lot of women on Instagram. What's that about? Which is crazy. That is a crazy thing to do. Like I, my anxiety and fear and hurt was so great that it outweighed the rational part of my brain. It Mm -hmm. it outweighed the embarrassment or shame or whatever. And I just asked him. And on the one hand, I'm like, no, I think it's cool to like own who you are and, and, and be straight up about things. That's very consistent with my personality. I also want to say that like there, like, do you, there's a difference of like following someone of like either, whether it be it a gender or like the same, someone like the, the, the same gender or sex that you would basically be dating and, Mm -hmm. 
And there was like a profile photo of like, you know, if you were following a gentleman and you're like, oh, he's just like a like a chef gentleman or like a he's a gardening gentleman. And I just follow his account because it's like cool as opposed to like this was not that. an oiled up, you know, magic Mike looking, you know, gardener work in his hose. You know what I mean? Those are two very different. Clip it. <laughs> very different versions of Instagram follows. Yes. And this was like, he was following lots of girl, like lots of pretty girls who had, who weren't influencers, but were maybe trying to be. And they were like leaning toward like Insta baddies. And so he tried to be like, oh, they just came up on my explore page. I was like, Lauren with 49 followers <laughs> came up on your explore page. And and he like had no- nothing to say about that. And I look back on that and I'm like, I do not recognize myself because, you know, if th- that were happening, well, I wouldn't even be paying attention to that right now. But if I was clued into that or if somebody was like, hey, you know, the person you're dating is doing this, I would just take a step back. I just take yeah. a step back because I'd be like, ooh, that's really unattractive. That's actually turning me off. Mm-hmm. And I would act on that. Yeah. And if it came up in conversation, you know, instead I would say something like, I, I'm i pretty confident in what I'm looking for and where I'm going. And it's so unattractive to me when um, someone is is not as confident or or is inconsistent. Like inconsistent behavior is a real turnoff. So I, I just think actually we should probably take some space and figure out if we both still want the same things. Yeah. But I would mean it. That's the difference. It's not a game. It's just, it's like setting boundaries and like adhering to them. And I think when you love yourself enough and you realize like, oh my God, actually I'm a gift and I'm going to be additive to someone's life. It becomes really easy to say, oh yeah, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we we're, we do that so well for our best friends. Yes. So like my thing is like, okay, swap out your life with your best friend. Are you cool with how it's going? Or would you be trying to get her out of this? Mm-hmm. Because if you would be trying to get her out of this, get out of it. Like be your own best friend. Yeah. I don't know why we do that. I don't know either. And it starts young too. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. it starts... Very, that I say that a lot. I say that a lot to other women. Is like, I'm. What would you tell me right now if I was saying everything you're saying? What would you tell you know your other friend right now? Say that to yourself. You have to. Mm-hmm. And I also try to give myself those pep talks too. It really helps to hear it from someone else though, which is why like in those moments you have to reach out. That's the other thing I've learned in these last couple of years is like you like no one just magically just shows up at your door you know the people will show up if for they you do, it's very if creepy they do it is creepy they should not that is Get too much there, that is there's not enough boundaries then yeah but you have to be able to reach out to people and like you know I was sharing this the other day with with you know with a girlfriend of just you have to pick up the phone and call. You have to phone a friend. And it's not great. It's not like going back to times when I didn't recognize myself. It would just be like messaging like, you know, group chats of like really wonderful women that I've been fortunate enough to get to know in my life who and just being like, I don't know how to do today. I don't mm-hmm. know how to do today. I don't know how to put one foot in front of the other. And I I don't know how I'm going to get to the end of the day. Like not like an, not by any means. This was not like a risk of life thing. I'm just saying like emotionally, I was in a, I was just sad. And I, and mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have like a like an, an emotional cup. I needed like an emotional cup of coffee, some sort of emotional vo- like motivator. And I like literally came home that night to I got so many messages sent. I had three different cookie deliveries sitting at my door That's and so like sweet. and it just was wonderful. And I wouldn't have like had that support that I genuinely needed. And I felt so embarrassed that I needed it, but I fucking needed it. Yeah, and it, and it was there. Nobody was, nobody was embarrassed for you. No one. No one. So if we, I just like, I always say that, like, if, if you're in that mode, you have to phone a friend. You have to let someone know. Give them the chance to show up for you because we can't yeah. read each other's minds. And I think what's, you know, we're going into the holidays. And I think one element of any sort of separation, breakup, divorce, any, any sort of fam- or even familial relationship that is like, either on pause or come to an end, you know, I think what is 
what is difficult, what I have found that comes up in a lot of conversations that I've had with others who've been through various forms of any of those or all those things is that you thought like there was a routine, you know, and you could see what your life looked like. You could see the holiday cards. You could see the ritual of the, you know, what each holiday, you know, from Thanksgiving up until New Year's, what that was going to look like every year, you know, maybe varying locations, but still having the same kind of routine for the rest of your life. And when suddenly that's, it just doesn't look like that anymore. And having to figure out, well, what does it look like now? And especially, um, so cool. It is, it is to design it. You get to design it. But what was also been interesting was like, it was getting to know other women who were maybe not married before and who have been single for a while and them entering the holidays as a single person and like what they were experiencing and having versions of that myself for the first time. Like for you, have you found that you have a lot more people kind of reach out or, or like what have what has been your experience on either receiving people's feelings or stories or or just experiences of being single in the holiday season. Yeah. I mean, it was funny because as you were talking about like the group chat and whatever, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I kind of am a lifeline for people. Even though I don't know all of my listeners or people who follow me, like I get a lot of emails, I get a lot of DMs and I try to answer all of them. Like if I, if I don't answer, it's probably because I just haven't seen it because I do realize like that's a, it's a, responsibility that I feel because not everybody has that supportive group chat at this Mm -hmm. moment, you know, and they still need advice, support, whatever I have had. I mean, I've really gone through the, the gamut. I've been with really long-term partners over the holidays. I broke up on new year's once that was wild. (laughs) It was crazy, crazy in Barcelona. We got back together like six hours later. It was brutal. And I've also been the single person. I do think singles get overlooked during the holidays. Like nobody's really checking in on you in the same way that somebody would if you had just broken up with someone. But even then, I think that that wanes, right? I guess I just take a totally different approach to it. Like I I really truly believe the sooner you can get to gratitude, the better off your life is going to be. Like looking at a breakup or looking at going through the holidays as a negative is going to be negative or feeling sad about it instead of feeling grateful and excited. I think it's just a perspective shift, but I, I, I genuinely believe that's the unlock. Like if you can look at this as a new opportunity to rebuild and fix, like we, we don't often get many chances in our life to course correct. Like you said, you can look and know exactly what your life is going to be like all these holidays for forever. And now you have the opportunity to change that and design it in a way that's better for you. And that is so exciting. And I think if you were my friend back then, I would have been like, okay, we're making two lists, right? The first list is a goals list. And the second list is like a love list. And I would tell you, Great. So the first thing we're going to do is figure out what do you want to accomplish in the next year? Like year, six months, three months, right? And that could be like, I want to run a marathon. I want to write a book. I want to learn a language, whatever it is. And then it can also be smaller things like I need to reorganize my garage. The second list is like, what are the things that I do that bring me joy? And I would say, write those lists, keep them on your phone or somewhere where you can have like access them at all times. And then we're going to go to like a, what I call like mantras, because I think the space in your mind is the most dangerous part in these, these times, like in the holidays. And you need to have a mantra that really resonates with you or a couple, you know, like if it's a love letter to yourself, whatever it is, but there are going to be times when you feel bad, you feel insecure walking into that holiday party or that nosy aunt is just like, so I guess kids are out the window, huh? You know, whatever it is that makes you feel bad so that you can go into the bathroom and you can look at that and you can remind yourself you are worthy of love, whatever it is. Like my thing is, is worthiness. Like I've always felt like I'm not good enough and which is so crazy because I'm awesome. The duality. I don't know how that exists in me, (laughs) but like my, my, my deepest fear is that I'm like, not good enough to love. Yeah. 
So for me, my mantra really goes back to you are absolutely lovable. You are absolutely additive to someone's life. And you are not only worthy of love, but you are on your path to finding love. And sometimes I would have to repeat that 200 times a day. But if you repeat it enough, you're going to rewire those neural pathways in your brain. And at a certain point, the story is going to change from uh, I am unlovable to no, I am lovable. You can truly just change your life. And then in those moments where you feel despair, if that group chat isn't there, or if it's not filling your cup enough, you go to the lists and you look at what's something that I can do that's going to bring me joy. And then what is something that I can do to work towards my goal? Because building confidence is about like small acts done over time. It's about keeping the promises you made to yourself. So if today you and I said, okay, we're going to run a marathon. We're going to run a marathon this time next year. I really hope we're not going to do that. <laughs> but, but if we left this and we were like, we're going to run a marathon. And then tomorrow I ran a mile. And then two weeks from now, I ran three. I would start to feel really good about myself. Mm-hmm. But if we said, I'm going to run a marathon. And then a month went by and I didn't, I didn't do anything. I'm just going to continue to feel worse about myself. Why? Because when I say things, I don't trust myself to do the things that I say. But the opposite is, if you say, I'm going to do this thing, and then you do it, and you continue to do it, you start to build trust with yourself. And what is self-trust if not self-confidence? Mm-hmm. That builds self-love. So you're doing... I I would have you do multiple things at once. It's like rewiring those neural pathways, but then also proving to yourself that you can change, that you will change, and that the number one person that has your back is you because you've outlined things that you want to accomplish and you are going to accomplish them Mm. in the time that you are now no longer sharing with another person. You're going to build skills, hobbies, invest in things that bring you joy and make you feel good about yourself. And at the end of it, you are going to be more well-rounded. Which just prepares you to be like a wonderful person in any relationship that you're in. Again, romantic, familial, friendship, business relationship. That These are all relationships. And we can have patterns that we think is just like particular to one like area of those, but it actually kind of all bleeds together. But you're so right. It is. It always goes back to the relationship that we cultivate within ourselves. And it just lifts up all these other ones and makes them so much more beautiful, brighter and healthier. Yes. And so that's why like, I just refuse to see breakups as a negative. I I just don't. I think they are gifts. And I think the, the quicker you get to see it as a blessing the better off you will be. And mm-hmm. I, I know that sounds crazy, but it's like you can both have gratitude for the relationship that you had and be sad about it and also be really grateful and excited about what you're about to create. Because if you're excited about what you're going to create, it doesn't matter what nosy Aunt Lisa says. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. <laughs> you can just smile and you can know in the back of your mind, oh no, I'm changing. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I am shedding that skin. I am whatever the metamorphosis of the cocoon, you're about to be a butterfly. Like that's a quiet secret that you get to keep. And then one day people are going to be like, holy shit. I don't know. Yeah. That's the hill I'm going to die on. (laughs) (laughs) Is the hill you're going to fly from. And I think there's a lot of people listening right now that probably needed this conversation today, especially going in to these next couple of weeks, which, you know, it, like no matter what, like that's why I think holiday movies are my favorite. They just mm. come with big feelings and they, they hit do. them all. They hit them all. So that's why I think it's really, I think it's beautiful. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm like, I, I hope whoever, if you're, when you're listening right now, I hope you're feeling, you're feeling like a little heart, a hug to your heart right now. Cause that's what this conversation feels like. I So, I mean, not all of us were raised with the love that we want, you know, and the holidays can be really hard because it reminds us that we did not grow up with the love that we want. But what we are talking about is you having the the power and the tools to not only create that for yourself, but for your own future family. Mm -hmm. I do think there's something really, really beautiful about that. Like we can totally, we can heal those, those, those family wounds. We really can change our lives and we can course correct. I mean, 
you've literally done it. We we can all we can all do it. We can absolutely all do it. Yeah. And I think everybody deserves to be loved. I agree. I agree. But it does. It starts with loving yourself first. A hundred percent. It's so cheesy, but it's so real. Ah, they need to put that tile in the game of life. Like it needs that needs to be like the starting place is like you can't play the board game life. Hasbro, get on it. it needs to start, there needs to be like a version of it. Like the new 2023 version of like the game of life starts with like you loving yourself. I would love to see that. Like <laughs> I would too. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Should we have just all write in? Yeah, let's do <laughs> it. We're all going to send. Let's do it. Somebody in their uh, department's going to be like, we got a lot of really weird requests about self-love. <laughs> I love that. Well, I love hanging out with you, Rory. Thank you so much. I would love to do, I have this, this little conversation cool down that I like to do with all my guests. Just like a final five questions. The first things that pop into your head. Before we say goodbye to you, could you share with us something that you like? Just something that you like. Um, gherkins or like cornichons, those little tiny pickles. Yes, they are delicious. They're Crispy so delicious. good. They're so good. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> what is something that you know? Ooh, I know that everybody can have the love that they want if they start to love themselves like that first. What is something that you hate? The way that corporations have negatively affected humanity. <laughs> put that on a coffee mug and I would like that for Christmas. Um, (laughs) What is something that you love that's just for you, not, not family, friends or partners, just something that you love for you? I mean, I love my family, but the immediate like thing that I'm very loving right now is the golden bachelor. (laughs) I'm not like a bachelor person. And that show has me hook, line, and sinker. Really? Oh my God. Okay, I haven't done it yet. I haven't done it. I've been so deep in Housewives. I need to get, okay, so I'm going to binge it. I'm going to binge the whole thing too. Binge it so you can catch up because it's almost over. It is so good. It is so earnest. None of these people want to be influencers. They really do want love. And I think like it hits on all of the things we talked about. These women are so dynamic and confident and still some of them feel broken or like beaten down by just the process. The The lead guy is so genuine. I don't know. I, I just, they really hit it out of the park with that one. Go Bachelor franchise. You're writing some wrongs with that show in my, in my book. Yeah. I love to hear that. Okay. And last but not least, what is a quirky little fact about you? Hmm, I'm double jointed in my right foot. In your right foot? Yeah, it's weird. I can like pop this bone. I don't know. I probably should have said something that isn't so visual. (laughs) I didn't know that you could be double jointed in a foot, let alone just a singular foot. Yeah, I can like move. I can move the side of my foot so that it's like my my baby toe kind of like jumps up. It's very weird. I I love that you went for that as opposed to like your two truths and a lie that I guess are all truths where you like save someone's life. You were in Playboy fully clothed and I forget the other, you like wrote a hit song, but I love that you were like, well, quirky, quirkiest fact I got. <laughs> is I'm double jointed in my right foot. Yeah. I'm, I'm popping it right now. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for just a wonderful conversation, uh, especially going to the holidays about love and relationships. I love your podcast and it truly is so wonderful to sit down with you. So thank you so much. A Super Bloom podcast is hosted by me, Candace King, produced by Melissa D. Mons and Diamond Imprint Productions, edited by Diane Kang, post-production sound by Coco Lawrence, and advertising partnership with ACAST.